following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Today, guys, we're talking about the biblical concept, the biblical term of reaping and sowing. Now, the thing about reaping and sowing, we live in L.A., and we're not used to like farming or like planting seed. You know, almost every generation of humanity is very familiar with planting something. But this generation, we live in a city, the closest we get to that is like uh, the farmer's market. You know, that's about as close as we get to anything planted and growing, you know. But the reality is we all love good fruits and vegetables, especially when they're in season. We all love a good harvest. We don't always think of what it takes to get the harvest, but we enjoy the harvest. And the Bible uses this term about reaping and sowing, about planting and getting a harvest all throughout the Bible. And the reason why God uses it is because we can all get it. All throughout the Bible, God is teaching folks for generations about reaping and sowing, about what we put into the ground and what kind of harvest comes out and how that whole thing works. And and it's a simple term. Everyone kind of gets it. So if you have your Bible today, you can open up to uh, Galatians 7, and if you don't, um, You can follow along. It's in your bulletin. You have a bulletin this morning. And uh, we're going to be talking about this sowing and reaping. And we're going to do a two-part series. Today is more about what does your planting look like? Kind of like, are you a green thumb, but in the spirit? We're talking about the planting part. Next week, we're going to be talking about what do you want your harvest to look like? If you can pick anything, what do you want your harvest to look like? And we're going to see that you have a lot to do with the kind of harvest you want. And uh, this is important. This theme, uh, it sounds like a simple theme in general, but we all forget it and we all need to be reminded. And this theme affects every part of your life. Reaping and sowing affects every part of your life. Spiritually, in the natural realm, with your family, with your job, with everything, with your goals in life. Reaping and sowing is this profound reality, and it's timeless. It says in uh, Genesis 8.22, it says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest will never cease. God's shown us way back in the beginning, going, hey, this principle of putting something in the ground and getting a harvest, it's going to go on forever. So we got to kind of hold on to that. Um, What's amazing about God, he's so powerful, and he's all-knowing, but he establishes these laws. And the laws that God sets up, you can't break them, you can't tweak them, you can't amend them. They're just, they're like set. And one of them, one of them is this reaping and sowing. Let's jump in from the beginning part, if we could, Galatians chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 7. And he's writing to these Galatians. The Galatians were a group of people. They were a church. They loved God, but they were trying to do things in the natural They were trying to do things in their flesh. And and Paul's like, you know what, guys? You're never going to get the outcome you're looking for if you're doing everything that way. And that's why he's talking to them the way he is. Ministers to us today, too, because we, if we're honest, we go through our week and we start doing things in the flesh. And we wonder why we're getting the kind of harvest that we're getting in our life. We wonder why we're getting this when we want that. And I think this uh, passage today is going to be very revealing on on what your planting looks like. Let's uh, look at this in sections. Galatians chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 7. He starts out and says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. 
Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. I want to break this down because there's so much going on right here. There's so much revelation in this. He starts out saying, don't be deceived. And I think the reason he does that is because Paul realizes there's a lot of folks that are deceived. There's a lot of folks that don't understand this spiritual law. They don't get it. They don't really understand it. And they believe what the world tells them. Now, it doesn't take long to be like in a store with the magazines that are in the checkout aisle or driving down the road in the billboards or the TV commercials. And you see that the world bombards you with, you deserve a break today. Buy this and you'll be happy. You too can own this and you too can have. And, and they're hitting every kind of button they can in our flesh trying to get us to go, ooh, 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 I need that. I want that. I'll be happy if I can only have that. That's what they're really good at. Madison Avenue is in New York where there's a lot of people sitting around tables trying to figure out how can we get people to bite at this. And they're very creative at the marketing and what goes on. And really, their decisions affect the entire world. And what can we do to get people to, how do we have to say it? How do we have to make it look for people to go, yeah, yeah, that's what I want. Even little kids. There's a lot of CEOs looking at, how can we get little kids to go, I want that. So we're just bombarded with this stuff. And so Madison Avenue on one side, and you got Hollywood on the other. Hollywood knows how to shoot it. Hollywood can make it look slick, HD, 1080p, surround sound, after effects. We can really blow it up and make it look, wow, check that out. So between Madison Avenue and Hollywood, the world has a way of wrapping things and presenting them and pitching them to you. And they're on TV shows, they're on everything where you go, wow, I wonder if maybe that's what I need. And so we're just overwhelmed with this stuff. But I would suggest to you, there's a whole lot more counterfeit out there than there is the real thing. And that's why Paul's saying, don't be deceived, guys. Uh, there's a lot of concepts and ideas or, or, or dreams that people are coming up with, but they're not really rooted in what God's laying down in this, in this spiritual law. And so uh, some people end up sowing into the wrong things. Some people see this and go, I want that harvest. And they spend their life sowing into the wrong things and wake up one day and go, how do I end up over here? Well, that's what they were sowing to. They thought maybe that's what they wanted, but it wasn't the real deal. It was, a, it was a counterfeit. And that's why Paul's saying, hey, don't be deceived. He goes on to say, God is not mocked. Um, what this means in the Greek is kind of the turn your nose up. God's saying something and people are going, yeah, whatever. That's what that means. Don't be deceived. God won't be mocked. In other words, some people go, yeah, that's cool and all, but I got my own thing going on here. Yeah, God, that's fine, but I think I got something smarter. I think I can crack the code here and do, I can work the system. I can do it better than what you have. And that's the way a lot of folks think. I know I thought that way for half of my life. Thanks, God. I respect you and all, but I'm going to do my own thing over here. Until finally you get to the point where like, you know what? You're the almighty God. I'm not. You know everything. I don't. And then you hold up the white flag. And a lot of folks don't get to that point. They don't ever hold up that flag, but that's really where life begins. But a lot of folks just kind of ignore and they do it their own way. It says, God won't be mocked. At the end, all will know that God was right all along. Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. So this stuff doesn't go away, guys. This is the absolute solid deal. Uh, Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him 
to whom we must give an account. So there is no other way. We can kind of think, that's cool, God, but I got my own thing. Paul's like, from the gate right here, don't be deceived. God won't be mocked. And I want to break this next part in sections because what my hope and my prayer is today, that when we talk about reaping and sowing, that every one of us has a whole new understanding of it in a deeper, deeper way where we walk out of here going, wow, I didn't really realize it, but reaping and sowing affects everything in my life. We don't wake up in the morning thinking that, but after today, I think you will because it's, it's a reality. It says uh, what we sow, we will reap. This is a for sure deal. This is not a concept. This is not a theory. This is an absolute spiritual law. This is a spiritual fact of life. This is something that applied from the beginning of humanity until the end. This won't go away. The spiritual law of what we sow, we will reap. And it applies to everything. Kind of the same way that the law of gravity applies to everyone on this planet. You might not like the law. You might not agree with the law. But it still applies to you and me. And the same is true with the law of sowing and reaping. It applies to all of us. You don't have to like it. You might even have your own idea of what you think the way it should work, but the law of reaping and sowing, it's universal and it can't be changed. And it says, we will, we will, we will reap what we sow. So there's this reality of, wow, if that is true, I better kind of hold on to that. Paul's like, oh, don't be deceived on that. So if you're a note taker, the first thing this morning is exactly that regarding this this spiritual law. It's reaping what we sow is an unstoppable spiritual law. It will last forever. There's no way we get around it. We don't go under it. We don't go over it. It is a reality. And I think it radically affects what we do and why we do what we do. And so again, guys, this this applies to so many aspects of your life. Uh, It applies with your family. It applies with your job. It completely applies to your faith but it applies to every area in your life that you can bear fruit. This is a non-negotiable. And then the other thing about this, it says that what a man sows, this he will reap. This is the exciting part to me. Each person in this room this morning, you all get to decide what you'd like your harvest to look like. Now, that's, that's pretty cool to me. Does that do anything for you? I like that. You get to decide how you want your harvest to look like because what you plant is what's going to be reaped. Your harvest is going to look like what you put in the ground. Not like what somebody else put in the ground, but what you and I did. So each sower decides what his harvest will be. Whatever a man sows, whatever a woman sows, this he or she will also reap. And uh, the Living Translation says, you will always harvest what you plant. And here's what's interesting about this. The kind of seed determines the kind of harvest. There's no in between. Whatever you put in is what comes out. Multiplied, that's the way seeds work. But what you put in is what comes out. So if I sow corn, I'm going to get corn. Not going to get potatoes. I can plant corn and pray that it turns to potatoes. Probably ain't going to happen. Outside of some full-blown miracle, probably going to get corn. And if you plant beans... You're going to get beans even if you really want watermelon. You're not going to get a watermelon. You're going to get beans because that's what you planted. And this is the law that God put in place. Uh, The irony in life, there's so many people 
who don't really realize and they really want a different fruit. They want a different harvest. And of course, everybody wants the good, but they don't realize they can't have it because there's a spiritual law in place that says you can't have it unless you sow it. And this is this profound reality. And I think a lot of folks in the world are grasping at things and they're just hoping for things. That's not what they're planting. We reap what we sow. You've got to plant it to harvest it. And that's not what a lot of folks are doing. And that's why Paul's going, guys, this is so important. It's a spiritual law. Don't be deceived on it. Well, this works the same way, guys, in the spiritual realm. If I give life to others, God gives life. With forgiveness, forgiving others, we receive. There's this reciprocation in the spiritual realm that you get the fruit of your labor spiritually. And we're going to talk more next week about that harvest. We're going to talk more next week on how to have the kind of harvest you hope to have, the one the Bible sets up for you. When the Bible talks about the abundant life and the fruit and the way it can be, we're going to talk about that and what it takes to get that kind of harvest. This week, I'm hoping we realize, wow, what am I planting these days? How are these thumbs doing? They're not too green, you know? I mean, what am I planting? I didn't even think it was that big of a deal, but hopefully this week is like, wow, reaping and sowing is a huge deal. And I'm hoping this kind of cracks it wide open. Next week, we're going to go further about the actual harvest. But whatever you're sowing, whether it's good or bad, there will be a harvest about that. There's people that have been doing things for so long, and they wake up one day, and they're like, oh, no. But if you really were to look at their life, they were kind of sowing a bad seed all the way along, planting bad stuff. And the outcome is like, oops, that's just where it ends up. This applies to everything, guys. This applies to your marriage. You're sowing good seeds. There's a lot of fruit to be had. Somebody's throwing weeds in there, or maybe two people throwing weeds in there. You end up with a big tumbleweed, a big tumble, because people are like throwing weeds in, and they're like, how do they end up? What have you been sowing? It applies to everything. This applies, think about this, a parent with children. You know, when a parent is unconditionally pouring into kids, and just giving them life and giving them love that when the kids grow up, they love their parents. They love their parents. But if they're not, you talk to some people, they don't want to talk to their parents. And you're thinking, wow, what's, what's going on there? And a lot of times it's this thing. There wasn't sowing. So there's not a lot of harvest and reaping. This applies to everything in the spirit realm, in the natural. It's such a big deal. Job writes this. He says, as I have observed... Those who plow evil and those who sow trouble, reap it. Hosea says, sow for yourself righteousness and reap the fruit of unfailing love. It's all through the Bible. You reap what you do sow. What you put in, it does come back and you do see it. So the second point this morning is exactly that. Um, It's my choice to sow good seed or bad seed. Every day we get up, we can decide what am I investing? What am I putting in the ground? What am I pouring out because God sees that and God blesses certain returns. And it's, a certain, it's important to recognize that good seed or bad seed. So we got to be really careful uh, what we sow. Uh, and that's why Paul says that if anyone thinks they can plant one thing but receive another, that's deceived. And, and again, there's a lot of folks walking around in this world today that completely think they can plant one thing and get a whole different thing. Because that's what the TV tells them. That's what the magazine tells them. 
I mean, it's what all kinds of things tell them. Maybe even some friends tell them. And it just doesn't work that way, guys. There's a direct correlation on what we put in is what comes back multiplied. And that is really, I think, an important reality. It's, to me, it's like a wake-up call. Um, the other thing about reaping and sowing is you've got to talk about the soil because the soil is usually what you're preparing or tilling to kind of plant something. And it's where the planting is done. It's kind of where the investing is done. Now, sometimes when we talk about planting, it's external. Like maybe you're pouring into someone else's life. It's, it's external. It's out there. But sometimes the planting is right in here, in this heart. Sometimes the planting is what are you pouring in. For example, maybe you're spending more time in, in prayer and more time in the word. Well, guess what? You're sowing seed right into this heart of yours. And it will reap a harvest. A harvest will absolutely come out of that. The opposite is true, too. If you're not spending time in prayer or in the Word, there's not a whole lot to give from because we're kind of running on fumes when that happens. So the soil can be external or it can be internal. And sometimes some compromises, when we compromise along the way, they kind of come back to haunt you a little bit. Um, Have you ever seen, for example, thinking about the internal soil right here, uh, have you ever seen a movie or some form of entertainment that when it was over, you're like, boy, I wish I didn't see that? Anybody? Okay. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel after that? Pretty bad. Like, I paid for that. <laughs> but there's this thing that can happen to us that we can either develop a real sensitivity to this stuff or we can be really calloused. Um, you can be sitting watching the same show with somebody and you go, oh, man, why did, why did I watch that? Why did I sit through that? Because maybe you're sensitive. Maybe someone else is calloused and they're like, what? <laughs> and you're like, that didn't do anything? They're like, no. And there's a difference between what people have been reaping and what they've been sowing. If you've been sowing to the things of God, you get sensitive to this stuff. If you've been sowing to the world a lot, you're like, what? What's the big deal? You understand how that works? There's a, there's a difference, you know. Um, I saw something a couple weeks back that... It's something just regular. It'd be like TVPG, you know, just regular network. And later on, I'm going to bed and I'm like, I just realized, you know what? I can't go to sleep like this. I got to stop. I got to get out of bed. I got to get in the word and I got to pray because it's like poison sometimes what you let in. And the heart, the Bible says, is like the wellspring of life. And what we let into it, sometimes we let poison in. We're like wide open, like, sure. We don't even think about it. But sometimes we're like, no, I don't want that. I'm sensitive to that. I don't want that stuff in my life. Well, this is part of the reaping and sowing too, guys, is what we even let in to this soil, what we let in our lives. And I would say it is so important because it has a direct result on what comes out. For me, I, I just had to, I had to pray and I had to get in the word because I was saying, Lord, I don't want anything that I saw to go in and take root in here because I don't want that in my life. And I would suggest that to you. Maybe you've done that after a movie. You see a movie that you're like, oh man, I don't know who wrote that or what they were thinking, but that was messed up and you wish you didn't see it. What do you do? You just go right to sleep? You got to go, oh God, I'm going to put new parameters and boundaries because I don't want to see or I'm going to find out what the movie's about before I see it because I don't want that stuff in my life. Or you can go, no, it's cool. I can just roll with anything. And this way we're kind of calloused. And when you get calluses on your hands... You can't feel things, not real sensitive to things. The downside is we're not sensitive to the spirit either when we're really calloused. And you want to be. If you want to have a spiritual harvest in your life, you got to be sensitive to the spirit. And that's where Paul's going with this Galatian church. 
They didn't get that. They were doing everything in the natural, going, what? (laughs) And Paul's like, don't you realize if there's a sensitivity in the spirit, you're going to reap what you sow in a really great way, really cool harvest. But if not, you're just going to be off in the flesh, checked out. And so the third point is exactly that. It said, I can either sow to the spirit or I can sow to the flesh. The choice is ours. Again, sowing to the spirit is investing in spiritual things. Sowing to the flesh is investing in kind of self-centered things. The Bible calls it carnal. The word carnal comes up all the time. It's the me, myself, and I. It's getting up in the morning of what can I do for me, myself, and I. It's a world where the, the world revolves around us, and we're just thinking of our stuff all that. That's sowing to the flesh. We reap from the flesh. The other one's sowing to the spirit. The other one is, Holy Spirit, what do you think today? What do you think? What do you have for me, God, today? Is there any special plan today? Someone I need to talk to? Someone I need to serve? How do I love somebody? Help me to do it. Use me, God. This is sowing to the Spirit. There's a whole lot of fruit that comes out of that. I love Hosea 8-7. This one kind of rocked my world when I read it years ago. I just underlined it. It says, if we sow to the wind, we will reap from the whirlwind. There's people in life grabbing at the wrong stuff. Just gra- it's like sowing to the wind. They're spending their time, their energy, and their effort. They're almost like throwing seed like just out there in some random place. Their time, their talent, their resources, their heart, their attention. And, and all of a sudden, it comes back like a whirlwind. And, and in the Bible, we see that when we're doing things for God's glory, there, there's a blessing on the other side of it. Again, next week, we're going to talk about the actual fruit that you want, the fruit. You think of blessing this week. Think of blessing. You think of the form of blessing that you would like in your life. Think about it this week. What form of blessing would you like to see in your life? You write it down. You think about that. Next week is going to answer this question on what kind of harvest you want and what it takes to get it because God's word's true on this stuff. These are absolutes. It's really cool stuff. So um, he moves on in verse 9. And he says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The first thing he's saying, and, and Paul knows, look, if you're sowing and you're, you're pouring out in life, it can be a little tiring. If you look at a farmer and it's time to plant, he's out there tilling the soil and putting in the seed. There's no gratification right now. It's just work. It's just pouring in. There's no real upside except for you know this is part of the sowing process. And he knows it can be a little tiring. He's like, look, hey, guys, don't grow weary and don't lose heart. Do not give up. Uh, He's saying in due time, there's going to be a profound harvest. And some people get too flipped out about waiting. Some people have no patience. And Madison Avenue and Hollywood know that. And that's why they pitch you now, 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 now. Call now. 1-800-BOOM. Now. Now. 60 seconds only. Call now. There's all these buttons to hit that if you do the now thing, we're going to try to gratify a need. You know what? In the kingdom of God, you don't always see that, that, that immediate gratification. Sometimes you do. You forgive or love somebody. You see something right away. You're like, wow, look at that. But some of this stuff, guys... You're sowing, you're sowing, and then you get to see a harvest come in. It's really cool, but some are hitting the now button. And, and the thing about this sowing and reaping, guys, is that they're, they're separated by time. They're separated by time. Just like a farmer when he plants, 
He doesn't wake up the next day and go, where's my corn? He's not going to do that because he knows separated by time. And some stuff comes up in a month or two. Other stuff may take six months. But the reality is sowing and the reaping are separated by, by time. And so uh, that's an important one, I think, to hold on to. And he's telling us to don't grow weary, to, to be patient and keep the, keep the faith. I will say this. Every time you plant, and we'll talk about this more next week, every time you plant, you do it in faith. When a farmer plants a seed, can he guarantee absolutely 100% that that's going to grow into something? No, he doesn't know if there'll be enough rain. He doesn't know if there's going to be enough sun, but he does it in faith. And we're going to talk more about that because there's areas in your life where you kind of swan dive. You take a jump and go, if you want that harvest, you can sit and think about it all day long. You can explain the reasons why it should work or it shouldn't work. That's not going to get you a harvest. You're going to get a harvest by choosing the plant and doing it in faith in every front in your life, every single area of your life. And so uh, it's the same here. Uh, if we plant, we got to do it in faith. I don't know if any of you have seen the, uh, the movie Faith Like Potatoes. Kind of a cool movie. Um, the guy's down in South Africa, and he's about to plant, and everyone's like, no, we've, we're in a drought. You've got to plant corn. It's the only thing that's going to grow. And even that's not going to grow good. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to plant potatoes. And they're like, you... We're in a drought. You need a lot of rain for potatoes. You're crazy. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to plant. But he basically spends everything he has on the seed. And here he goes, all in faith. And he's all in. And people are waiting, thinking if he's, he's out of his mind, this guy. Everyone else is planting corn. And it's in the middle of a drought. But God ends up blessing him with enough rain. And the thing about this movie is you don't know until the end. You don't go digging the potatoes up in the middle to see if they're coming along. They're underground, just like your life and in my life. Some stuff's growing underground. You don't, you don't see it. Everyone growing corn, you can see what they got. But some stuff is growing under the soil. You don't know what you got until harvest time. And at the end of the movie, it's like the bumper crop. And it just, just explodes. And everyone's like, I can't believe it. And it's, he's like, you got to have faith like potatoes. You've got to have faith like planting potatoes where you don't always see and you don't always know, but you trust when you sow that God's going to meet you there. And that's exactly what happened. And so I just love the fact that some of the things we're planting are above ground, some are below ground. Some of the things are very visible and some are invisible for a season, but no matter what, the harvest is a reality. There's many different ways of sowing and we're going to talk about them next week and we're going to talk about the harvest you want. So please think about the areas in your life that you would love to see the blessing of God. What areas? Think about that. Everyone's got their perspective. We're going to test them with the word, see what the word says about these areas of fruitfulness in our lives. And we're going to talk about what it takes to plant to get there. Paul's like, there's many ways to sow. But before I I leave, he finishes this point right here. He says this. He says, do good for all men, but especially for the family of believers. I love that. The family of believers. That's such a cool term. Uh, If you have the NIV, your Bible says the family of believers. If you have the King James, it says, uh, do good for everyone, but especially those who are of the household of faith. The household of faith. Um, That means God puts a priority on the family of believers. That we need to be loving and helping each other on a different way. It doesn't mean we don't help other folks on the block in the neighborhood. Yeah, we, we help all people, but especially especially the family of believers. There's something about the family of God and the kingdom of God that God looks at it in a special way. 
Um, God looks at us as children of God. To all that would receive him, Jesus, he gives the right to be called sons and daughters of God. Children of God, in reality, children. We become children through Jesus. And when we become sons and daughters of God, children of God, God has this expectation that we, we live as family and that we help each other and that we do things. That's the kind of thing when the world sees it, they're like, check that out. Check that out. It's something undeniable, but to do good for all people, especially those in the family of believers. In fact, that's the fourth point this morning, is to never cease doing good, especially for the family of believers. You might pray this week too, what does that look like for you? How do you bless someone in the family of believers? Pray about what that is and what that looks like. But you talk about sowing, that's a great place to start. Paul's, Paul's pointing it somewhere. We're going to jump more off on that uh, next week. But um, never cease doing good, especially for the family of believers. There's a, there's a story about a, a kid in a neighborhood who invited another kid to a VBS, a vacation Bible school. This is going way back, many years ago. And he brought the kid, and uh, the kid went through the program, and they offered this in- invitation. Does he want to accept, accept Jesus? And the little kid, he... He didn't want to do it. But the bus driver went and picked him up the next week, brought him back to church. Still didn't accept Jesus, but the bus driver went back again and picked him up again and again and again and again. This bus driver went and picked up this kid like 400 times. The kid ended up coming back to the church till he was in his senior year of high school. But he never accepted the Lord. And then finally, one day in his senior year, He accepted Christ. Now, think about if you were that bus driver and you stopped at about trip number 395. Like, I'm done with this kid. I mean, come on, for Pete's sake. You know, I try, I try, I try, we try. (laughs) What's the point? Thank God he didn't. He got picked up like over 400 times. This kid ended up giving his life to the Lord. He ended up going on. His name is Norman Geisler. And if any of you read... Christian authors. This guy has been a shaker and a mover in the Christian faith. Written over 70 books, taught at the best seminaries, spoken, debated for the faith in over 26 countries. Because a bus driver didn't give up at trip number 395. And I think it's the same with us. Never cease doing good, especially for the family of believers. And that's why we use our gifts for God's glory. I really, really want to encourage you to think about what you want your harvest to look like. I can't guarantee your harvest, but God's got some unshakable principles and truths in his word that are going to get you towards your harvest. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's God's will that we bear fruit in every good work. This is God's will, that we bear fruit in every good work. The harvest is a good thing. We should desire a harvest. What does it take to get the harvest that you're looking and hoping and praying for? That's what we're going to be talking about next week. And so on that note, we're going to close in prayer. Mighty God, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this principle, this spiritual law that shapes virtually everything in our lives, Lord God. And thank you that what we sow eventually bears fruit. Help us to be mindful of that, that we're careful what we're sowing. And um, we know a harvest is a reward, but sometimes it's not right away. Help us to understand the time. Sometimes the harvest is soon and sometimes we wait But Lord, help us get a grip on that because I know that messes with some folks, Lord, having to wait for a harvest. So Lord God, help us in these areas, Lord God. And I just want to pray, Lord, if any in the room um, haven't got to a day or a point in history 
to even really get on this journey because the place this begins is with you, Jesus, that we're either a, a child of God or not. We're either in the kingdom or outside of it. There's really no in between. Your word doesn't offer that. And it begins, you say, with to as many that would receive him. To them he gave the right to be called sons of God, sons and daughters, children of the Most High. So Lord, if there's any today that know about you but never actually said, you know what, I never really received, I never really turned, I never really followed, I never really made the commitment, uh, I pray that today would be the day. And if any are sensing that in the privacy of their own heart, they would just say, yes, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God who died on a cross for my sins, take mine away. I want to turn and follow you. I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. I want to walk with you. Put your spirit in me and begin this journey with me because I want to harvest in my life. I want to bear fruit in my life. And I just pray you would just seal that, Lord, right now in their heart as they ask because, Lord, you honor that request every day. And Lord God, I pray they tell me or someone they came with that we can encourage them on their journey of faith. And Lord, I pray everybody else that we would know that there is life in the Holy Spirit. There is life in the Holy Spirit. And if we sow to the Spirit, we will reap from the Spirit. Uh, that we will see dimensions and enjoy dimensions of life that you have for your people. That we would not exist going through life, but that we would fully live the abundant life. The way you designed it. That we would bear fruit, and fruit is good. And it looks good. And it tastes good. And everyone around us enjoys it. And God, I just pray that that would be our case Show us, Lord God, show us, Lord, how to begin to sow to the Spirit and begin to show us, Lord, how to, how to take a leap in certain areas, God, that we want to bear fruit in every good work, family, friends, neighborhood, in the faith, in the church, outside the church. We want to bear fruit. Show us, God, how to have profound harvest. And just, I pray you would just keep your people, Lord. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you. So I just pray through the week, we'd begin to sow more to you. We'd be begin to sow more to our relationship with you. We'd spend a little more time in prayer and in your word and say, Holy Spirit, what do you think? God, what do you have for me today? Instead of just running off on a tangent, beginning to sow things in the natural, we'd start to say, hey, Father, I'm all ears this morning. I'm all ears. What do you have for me, God? And you begin to show us, Lord God, I just pray that even this week, fruit will be born in the lives of your people in a way that everyone goes, this is exciting. This is exactly where I want to be. I thank you for that in advance, mighty God. We ask these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. 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 This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit valleymetrochurch.com.